Hello and welcome into the Frary and Smith podcast. Thanks for joining us on this Friday. Sunbelt Media Days, it's officially wrapped up and now we turn our attention to fall camp. Before we tell you more about today's exciting episode, here's a quick reminder. If you haven't yet listened to our Sunbelt East and West Division previews that we dropped earlier this week, you're going to want to plan to take some time in your schedule to do just that. Today, though, on episode 94 of the show, we're excited to recap the recently completed Sunbelt Media Days with the help of some of the Sunbelt's biggest stars. Caden, we're fresh off the plane from Sunbelt Media Days in New Orleans. This was your first time in attendance. We ate well. Talk to some great people. What were some of your favorite parts? Oh, man, it was such an amazing experience. I wasn't able to ever make it to Media Days as a player, but I think now that I'm able to go to it not as a player, as a media member, I think it was more enjoyable just because I was able to take in so much from all the different teams. And I think shout out to the Sunbelt for just putting on a great event and a great media day. It was cool talking to different media members about how far the conference has come since they started covering it versus now and how the coverage just increased and the quality of the media days and the quality of the conference as a whole. But man, it's hard. It's hard to deny the food in New Orleans. That's probably my biggest takeaway as far as the enjoyment. We ate very good both at media days and outside of media days. So overall, great experience just talking ball with all the coaches and players and eating good the whole weekend as well, or the week, should I say. Yeah, let's be honest. My favorite part of New Orleans is going for the food. I know we stopped at uh, Drago's Oyster Bar. That's a recommendation that I got from someone in the conference office. And I go probably four or five times a year. They've got great charbroiled oysters, Caden. I, I hyped them up. Did they live up to the uh, the hype? They definitely lived up to the hype. And I know for me, I'm a big seafood guy. So as soon as you said we were getting stuffed oysters, it was right up my alley. And then the entree I got, I'm pretty sure it was called Surf No Turf. So it was just straight seafood, shrimp, mahi, everything you could ask for. So if any time I'm around seafood, it's going to be a great time. And I appreciate you putting me on to a new restaurant in NOLA. Well, I think we got to move on and talk some football because we're making our listeners hungry. And that's not fair to do early on a Friday morning. Caden, uh, looking at Sunbelt Media Days, what were maybe some of your biggest takeaways? We heard from all 14 league coaches. I know you and I talked to all 28 players that were there, and we'll get into that a little bit more here in a few moments. I think the the first big takeaway is obviously I just love the state of the conference and how every team feels like they're in it. We know that there's teams that are obviously more highly rated and more highly acclaimed in the polls as far as what they're going to do this season. But you talk to enough players and enough coaches and enough personnel from every program and you'll feel like every team in this conference has a shot and then I think more specifically I think them splitting it up from the east versus the west the west day you kind of felt some of the, the tension between South Alabama and Troy two of the top dogs in the conference but then you go over to the east and you hear every coach and every player talking about how tough it's going to be in the east how they all have those championship aspirations so I think my biggest takeaway is one just the overall balance of the conference and how every team has something to kind of account for as far as their opportunity to get to the championship game. And then on the East specifically, I think everyone on the East understands it's going to be a tough road and that anyone could be anyone on that side. And it's going to be a very close race as far as who's going to represent the East in the Sunbelt championship this year. Okay. And I think my biggest takeaway uh, from media days was just how many teams don't know who their quarterback is going to be. It was really mm. interesting. I remember the day ended on Wednesday and Tim Beck was up there and he started his opening statement with, I might be the only team in this conference that knows who my quarterback will be for game one. But you look at teams like App State, you've got the battle there with Joey Aguilar and Jake Berger. You look at Louisiana, very similar story. A Texas State doesn't know who their quarterback is. James Madison, uh, I think we walked away not knowing who their quarterback was going to be. And there's a number of other teams. So, Caden, for me, that was a big takeaway that a lot of these teams five weeks away from the start of their season don't know who their quarterback's going to be. 
It's definitely true, no. And I think when you're talking about just kind of feeling out the vibes of media day, you could kind of feel a different presence from the teams who brought a quarterback. You talk about teams like Marshall, who had a Cam Fancher walking around talking about his improvements in the offseason, a Carter Bradley walking around for a South Alabama and a guy who's coming into his second season. Those teams kind of had a little pep in their step. And then versus some of the other teams, maybe have some quarterback question marks. You definitely tell a difference. And obviously, it's the most important position in the game. So I think there's a lot of room as far as the top of this conference and who can rise and fall in this conference, depending on quarterback play for sure. I think another big takeaway for me, Caden, was we got a lot of time to talk to the James Madison contingent and they were voted preseason favorites in the East. I heard words like surprised, shocked that that happened. I think they understood that it was a sign of respect, but it's it's interesting. It's hard to decipher sometimes if they truly believe that or are they being a little bit guarded here and we're about to see a great season for James Madison. Yeah, I think out of all of the teams that were at the media days, James Madison was the one probably keeping their cards a little bit closest to them. They had a little bit of mystique, I feel like, coming into the conference this season, and they're kind of trying to build on that, and them being rated the top team to come out of the East only adds to that. Obviously, all the East polls were very close as far as points go with voting just because of how tight that side is, but it's clear that James Madison garnered that respect from the conference, getting that ranking. The players seemed very like thankful for it and appreciative for it, but at the same time, you could kind of tell that they're dialed in, and they kind of we're being humble, but I know deep down inside, especially the defensive side of the ball at James Madison, they have a different swagger to them. They know who they are, and I feel like they feel like they're going to do great in this conference again, despite maybe some uncertainty of the quarterback position in a couple of different areas. Hey, my favorite part, too, of Media Days, we got to see the Kings of the East championship ring for James Madison, so that was uh, a lot of fun. Caden, uh, you talked about some players there. We talked to all 28. Who were a couple of players, just real quickly, that you came away impressed with? Oh, man. First of all, every player was impressive. Every player that was represented in the conference by their programs, all sharp dudes, all smart dudes, really on top of their stuff. And just shout out to all of them for being just on top of their game and all seemed very media trained. I have to give a very special shout out to the boys at ULM, especially Aiden Huddington, who had a book of the stats of his defense from the season. And he understood that ULM wasn't having a great season last year on defense. And he kind of told us where he wanted to improve and literally had the stats to say it. But Obviously, the quarterbacks were great to talk to. It was great to talk to Grayson McCall. It was great to talk to Carter Bradley and those guys. But I think especially talking to some defensive players like Casey Osai from Louisiana, talking to a Reddy Stewart from Troy, just feel like every defense has pieces they have to fill in. And it was very interesting hearing their perspectives as far as what roles might be filled in and what to expect from some of the positions we have question marks at. Yeah, King, couldn't agree with you more. I think thinking back for me, some of the more impressive guys, I really enjoyed the Georgia State contingent uh, led by Bryce oh, yeah. Brown, who I know you're very high on heading into the season. He was an impressive kid. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Clayton Olendike, uh for Troy as well. I know he was very thankful to be there over maybe some of the other guys on that roster. So you're 100% right. A, a lot of great representatives of these teams. They carried themselves extremely well at Sunbelt Media Day. And we interviewed all of them in this episode. Uh, you, we're going to hear eight interviews uh, in today's episode. We're going to start with Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall, but we'll also be dropping the remainder of those interviews over the next couple of weeks. Today's episode, though, you're going to hear from all eight Sunbelt athletes on this episode. Let's not waste any more time. Let's hear from some of the Sunbelt's biggest stars. Joined by Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall. Grayson, it seems like you had a busy summer. I mean, you were, whether it was traveling at the Darlington Raceway, the Manning Passing Academy, what were some of your highlights of the summer in this offseason you had? Yeah, I mean, definitely this most recent one going down to Louisiana for the Manning Passing Academy. Surreal being around the Mannings, obviously, and then getting to meet all the other quarterbacks in the country is awesome, but 
Um, you know, just basic stuff, training every day, uh, playing a lot of golf, trying to get that better. But uh, yeah, really good summer with the guys. Um, thought we had a really productive summer in the weight room and how uh, conditioned and stuff like that. So it was really good. We were talking to Carter Bradley yesterday. He said y'all were roommates during the Manning Passing Academy. Could you talk about maybe having a conference guy there and just oh, your overall takeaways from that experience? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I know he had a great year last year. We didn't get to play him, um, unfortunately. But yeah, he's my roommate out there. And uh, we had a great time just talking ball. It's cool to have another quarterback in the Sun Belt that you can kind of go back and forth with. Uh, try to talk a little smack to him, not too much. But yeah, great dude over there. I know he's going to have another great year. So uh, it was awesome being around him. I feel like when you look at the quarterback position, I feel like you and Sam Hartman are kind of in a similar position as guys who are NFL prospects but maybe played in offenses that people are worried about maybe not translating to the NFL or being an NFL-type offense. Now that you're in this new system, do you think you'll be able to showcase maybe some of that NFL capability and league kind of throws? I do, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm getting to the point where I'm more comfortable and more consistent as a passer. Um, the accuracy's there, but a lot of people are saying, you know, the with our run game, the shots are wide open and things like that. and uh, They like to call it a gimmick offense, which... I kind of disagree with, but um, yeah, I think I'll be able to showcase some new stuff this year, maybe get under center a little bit, um, throw it around more, and uh, maybe not take as many shots and have to run as much. So uh, looking forward to that. Coach Trickett and Coach Beck have done a great job so far, so definitely looking forward to it. And just with the NFL draft kind of in mind, a little bit in the future, but what would NFL teams be getting out of Grayson McCall, whether it's a locker room guy on the field, off the field? What are NFL teams getting if they do perhaps draft you or pick you up? Yeah, I would say in Grayson McCall, you're getting a, you're getting a, a guy that, that loves football, uh, loves his teammates, uh, loves going out on the field and just going to war and uh, playing ball. I think uh, in Grayson McCall, you get a guy that's going to make the guys around him better, um, going to sacrifice his body and, and whatever else out on the field to, to come out with a win. Um, in Grayson McCall, you're getting a winner and a guy that loves football. And I feel like when playing you, you're so hard to play against because I feel like you have all the answers to the test. You know the offense like the back of your hand and you barely made mistakes. Now that you have this new offense you're picking up, how has that been coming to you? Has the playbook been coming to you just as natural working with Coach Beck and Coach Trickett? Um, I mean, there's, there was adversity early on just because I was so used to, you know, the verbiage. Um, when it comes down to it, everybody kind of runs the same stuff, but it's, it's verbiage and taking new coaching, um, things like that. But it, 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 it came along pretty smooth in the spring. Um, it was good for me to take some new coaching because if, if I'm going to play in the NFL, that's how it's going to be. You're going to get a playbook thrown at you, and you're going to have to understand it and be able to go out and execute it the same day. So um, I'm really I'm fortunate to be in this position to learn a new playbook um, going into this year. And um, I love it so far. It's been good. So looking forward to running it. Some good stuff. And a lot of the talk has been about kind of your offseason and working on your body, changing your diet a little bit. Would you say that you're probably in the best shape of your life in your career? And what kind of sparked that journey as far as getting your diet and getting your body in a little bit? Yeah, better shape? yeah, I would definitely say, you know, this is the best I've felt in a while. Um, really, the ambition behind that is, you know, the past three years, I haven't been able to play a full season whether it be, you know, a serious injury or a knick-knack injury. So um, since the summer, I put on 18 pounds, um, feeling really strong, um, moving well. we got a strength coach from Ohio State, um, Coach Quinn. He's done a phenomenal job just getting my body ready. And um, for me, it's eating habits, making sure I'm hydrating and, and putting the right stuff in my body and, and preparing to, to go out there and play a full game. So um, my biggest goal this year is to, to play a full season and be available for every game. So. Um, that's where that comes from. I'm sure you feeling the best you felt is definitely something the defenses aren't wanting to hear in the Sunbelt Conference. But when you look at the polls, y'all came in ranked third out of the East despite you coming back, JT coming back, a lot of key pieces. Does that add any motivation for y'all as far as kind of garnering respect on the conference throughout your career, but yet still being ranked a little bit lower in those yeah, polls? Yeah, it does, man. We're kind of used to it. I mean, I understand there's a new head coach, lost a lot of talent, this and that. But, um, yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit. We, we, we try not to pay too much attention to it. I know that. 
Um, you know, JMU had a great year last year. Obviously, Troy had a great year. Um, I mean, I would say we were kind of respectable. It's two, three, four, whatever, however you want to look at it. But we don't really dive too much into it. Just uh, got to take care of what we got to take care of, keep the main thing the main thing. And when it's time to play, got to go out there and execute. So. For sure. And last question for you. Obviously, your career is not yet over at Coastal Carolina, but you've had an amazing career. You've definitely left your mark on the program. When you kind of look back now at your legacy, how do you want to be remembered in the program when you look at your legacy? Is that something you think about at all? Yeah, man, it is. You know, just, um, you know, everyone, everybody can say that, that I was, you know, a good player while I was there. Um, what I've really been putting a huge emphasis on this year is, you know, these new guys, these freshmen that come in. Um, you know, as a freshman, you get on campus, your head's kind of everywhere. So um, I, I just want to be known as a guy that was there for his teammates, um, that, that was a servant leader that at any point of the day, at any point of the night, my teammates could call on me and I could be there for them. Um, so I think that's really important. So um, whenever I'm done playing ball, as someone could say, you know, Grace McCall was a great teammate. And, uh, you know, I really love that guy. Good locker room guy. So. I think we'll definitely maybe see your jersey in the Raptors here coming up soon. But Grayson, best of luck to you this season. Appreciate I appreciate you man. joining Thanks, us. Thanks, sir. Appreciate you. We're joined by the man, the QB1, Carter Bradley from South Alabama. Uh, Carter, you've been making the rounds here at Sunbelt Football Media oh, yeah. Day. What's your experience been like so far? It's been unbelievable. I mean, just talking ball, talking about the season, uh, it's upcoming. I mean, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I look, I think back to last year. I know we've had you on the podcast before. This time of year, you were you were battling for that QB1 spot. You've got it now. You're cemented in that role. Uh, how's your mentality maybe changed heading into the season? Yeah, I think it's still the same. You know, I'm still fighting for that number one job. I think, you know, our room is so competitive. I think Des, you know, does an unbelievable job at pushing me in, you know, what he does really well and what I can get better at. Um, but it's always a constant growing and learning kind of situation I'm in. So I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, and I'm hungry for it. Yeah, ready to get back yeah. out there, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. sure, uh, oh, yeah. come September. Uh, when I look at this offense, uh, you guys, you got LaDamian Webb back. You, you lose Jalen Wayne, but you've still got Colin Lacey and, and Devin Voison. Um, this offense, you guys score over 30 points a game last year. What is the ceiling of this offense this season? I mean, you know, we, we can take it as far as we want. It's like... You know, the only thing that really can stop us, I feel like, is us. You know, we got to be locked into the details. We got to understand why things are being called and just focus on, you know, what our job is and how how we can get it done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the other things early in the offseason, fans might not realize, but you got a chance to go to the Manning Passing Academy and, you know, really compete against some of the top quarterbacks in the country. I know Austin Reed was there. Grayson McCall was even your roommate at that. What, oh, yeah. what was that experience like, and, and what do you feel like you learned uh, during that time there? Yeah, I think, you know, it was an unbelievable experience. You, you finally get to put, you know, a name to a face and you get to see them. But also, you know, you meet guys you know, through playing, you know, um, and also high school recruiting. So it's great to see some of those guys. But, yeah, through the whole process, just preparation stuff. You know, how Peyton went about it, how he went through his offseason, kind of, you know, try to implement that when I got back. Uh, but it was unbelievable. You know, you got to work with kids. You got to be a coach. You can be, you know, it's, I mean, it's your kind of group. You got to work with them. And um, it was an unbelievable experience, and I can't thank them enough. I got to ask, what was it like rooming with Grayson McCall? Any good stories from that? No, I mean, it was just, you know, I got to see who he was as a person. He's unbelievable. You know, we just, you know, talked ball. I mean, he's, I can see why he has so much success at, at Coastal. Yeah, certainly looking forward to watching you guys duel perhaps at some point uh, oh, yeah. this season. But, you know, one of the things, you know, as the offseason progressed, I feel like I continue to hear your name more when it comes to draft conversations. If you were to get your name called this coming year, what would an NFL team be getting in Carter Bradley? Uh, well, first off, I just – it doesn't matter as long as I get an opportunity. That's all that matters to me. But, you know, someone who's going to come in and he's going to give more than 
anything he can. You know, I'm going to try to make others around me better. I'm going to be the best leader I can be. I'm a competitor. Um, you know, I got a fire in me that I feel like a lot of people don't have. You know, um, I'm a guy that really, honestly, you know, that this is it. Like, this is all I have. Football is all I got. Uh, there's no plan B. And that's what it is. Hey, when you don't have a plan B, sometimes, you know, you're hungry and, and yeah. you go make things happen. Uh, you know, you transfer in here last year. You kind of rewrite South Alabama's record books in year one. Uh, what do you want to be remembered for when your Jaguars career comes to an end? That he was good as good as a person off the field that he was on the field. I think, you know, what we can do for the community and what we can do outside for Mobile uh, speaks more value than what you can do on the field because at the end of the day, you know, the, there's, the pads are going to come off at some point. And, you know, uh, how you can establish yourself off the field is a whole lot more important. And, you know, I'm very lucky uh, with the support of my family and uh, – you know, I can't thank the guys and the people around me enough. Yeah, you know, last question here for you. I was talking with your athletic director. Ticket sales are up for the fall. Look right in that camera and tell Jags Nation, you know, why they need to come out and support this football team this fall. I mean, last year, you know, it was a team that changed the program. But this year I feel like it's a different team and we're hungrier than we, what we were. Uh, those three losses spoke a lot of value to us, more than those ten wins. And we're so fired up and we're so excited to get after it and, you know, uh, Phil Hancock, Whitney Stadium. Well, football season can't get here quick enough. Carter, thanks again for uh, joining us on the Prairie and Smith podcast again. No problem. Yes, sir. Joined by App State safety Nick Ross, a player that I'm a little partial to from the position in the school he went to. Nick, how you doing? How's the offseason been? Doing pretty good, man. The offseason has been a grind. Our new strength coach, Matt Greenhaw, he's been making sure we've been putting in the work, not cutting any corners. And we're looking forward to a reset this season. For sure. And I know your freshman year, you came onto the scene, you got some playing time. You had that interception against South Carolina that everyone remembers. But kind of like a lot of players had to do in this defense, kind of like I had to do, you had to sit and wait your turn. What did you learn from waiting your turn? And what did you learn from your first year as a full-time starter? Um, a lot of things I learned from waiting my turn was just when your number's called, be ready. And I also learned the defense. And that was one of the most important things about waiting my turn was to watch great people in front of me just make plays and go out there and play football and have fun. For sure. And I know you're a guy who's always on the field in the offseason, always on the jugs machine. What have you been working on in your game specifically to improve this upcoming season? Um, to improve this upcoming season, I've been working on my leadership and as well as my hands because the picks need to be grabbed this season. For sure, for sure. And I know when you got to App, we were kind of talking about Coach Sloan a little bit, kind of hyping him up. And you weren't there when he got there. Now he comes back. Has he lived up to that hype? And how has he kind of helped this defense out, more specifically even that secondary? Because I know that's a specialty. Yeah, well, Coach Sloan lived up to the hype, exactly how everybody was describing him. I love him. Um, he's a defensive-sounded guy, and he understands the defense. Um, you know, it's not cut and dry, but it's more complex. And with that being said, we should be able to confuse some offenses this year and go out there and be able to make some plays. I definitely know he likes to disguise and he's going to set you all up for some success. But obviously last year didn't go the way that I thought it would go, that you thought it would go. And fans, as they typically do, like to point fingers in a lot of different directions. Where would you say things didn't click and where are you all looking this offseason to make sure they do click this year? Um, I just felt like things didn't click between the leadership perspective and just in the weight room. And this year we've been busting our tail in the weight room and getting after it every day. And I feel like as a whole, our whole mentality has changed and gotten better. That's awesome stuff. That's great to hear. And you've been on the other side playing against these quarterbacks that have been battling and seeing them working out this offseason. What have you seen from Ryan Berger and Joey Aguilar in that competition that gives you confidence in that position heading into the season? Oh, man, both of them are great. Both of them are great. Um, they're not afraid to take risks. 
And I believe both of them are winners as well, and that's the most important part at the quarterback position. For sure, and you bursted onto the scene again your freshman year, making that big play against UNC, making a couple big plays in that game as a freshman in that upset win in 2019. Fast forward to last year, you have that shootout that UNC unfortunately wins, and this year is kind of the third edition of it, the tiebreaker. Could you talk maybe about how excited you are for that game and how much you think it means to kind of the state in that rivalry? Oh, I'm so excited for that game. Uh, right now, we're about one and one. So it has to be a tiebreaker, you know, and um, I just feel like it's going to be a good one, you know. It's going to be a great game. It's always a great game. I love UNC. I love playing them, and I just can't wait for the environment and App State Nation to travel with us. Last question for you, Nick. If I learned one thing about having a locker next to you is you're a money man. You're into the credit. You're into the finance. You're into that kind of stuff. Could you maybe give the people, the listeners and the viewers, some financial advice, some tips from yourself? Some financial advice for the viewers. Do not invest in variable insurance. Don't do it. <laughs> Knew you'd have something for the people. Nick, appreciate you joining us and talking today. Yeah. Thank you, man. Here with Georgia Southern wide receiver Caleb Hood. Caleb, you've been making the rounds in media day. What's the experience been like so far? It's really been great. You know, like just talking to other people just about my team and trying to put my team on the map even more. Hey, I heard great. you were playing some Madden in the back as well. <laughs> so just having uh, some fun down here in New Orleans. Caleb, let's talk about how fun last season was. You go from blocking in the triple option just two years ago to running all over the field. How much fun was that as a wide receiver last year? Really, it was great. You know, come, having coach others come and like, create a different culture, you know, to create a different like passing culture to Georgia Southern is great as a receiver and as well it opens up the run game so it should be great as a running back too, having Jay White being a powerful running back that he is. Yeah, I mean that offense is loaded and it will be uh, once again heading into this season. Looking back again to last season, you guys meshed really well, that wide receiver room with Kyle Van Trees. Uh, he was slinging the ball over the field. You guys were catching it. Uh, obviously, this season, it sounds like Davis Brin's going to be that guy. What's that process been like with gelling with him during this offseason, and what's impressed you most about Davis's game? I can say, like, because of Coach Helton and uh, the whole offensive uh, recruiting staff, like, I feel like they bring in great guys, and Davis is a great guy. So, like, having him around and and like just, we all just gel quick. You know, when you have great people around each other, like everybody's together. So like, when you throwing the ball and catching the ball with Davis, it's just, feels like we all on key. Does he throw the ball differently a little bit from Kyle? I, I heard Kyle was slinging the ball. <laughs> Kyle can throw it, but Davis can throw it as well. He has a great touch on the ball. It's just a very catchable ball, so it's really good. Yeah. Let's talk about that wide receiver room. I got a little bit of flack during the offseason. My top yeah. 10 wide receiver rankings, I had you ranked up pretty high. I left Derwin Burgess off the list. Oh, I need to hear from you. Why should Derwin Burgess have been on that list as a top 10 wide receiver in I this feel conference? I like Derwin Burgess is really the top receiver out. You know, his catch radius is everywhere. As soon as he sees the ball, he gets the ball. So I feel like that's why he should have been out there. Give me a little bit of a preview to some other guys in that wide receiver room that we should be watching out for. I know you guys had a lot in that in that room. Yeah, so you got AQ. He's definitely going to be a great receiver to have. You have Sam Kennison coming back from his knee surgery. He's going to be a great receiver. We have good young guys like Katie Dorsey, Taylor. You have Jet. You know, you have Lil Mark. You know, he's like, Lil Mark is going to be great. You know, but we call him, his name is Marcus. But okay. Like, you know, like, he's great. Yeah, excited Excited to see that. We've been hearing a lot of good things about that wide receiver room. Uh, let's talk NIL here. We saw the Eagle Nation Collective announced right. just a couple days ago. There's been a lot of hype around that on social mm. media. We've seen guys like Luke Bryan yesterday give it a shout-out, Cole mm. Swindell. I wanted to ask you just what does that NIL space look like for you personally, and how big has it been to see Georgia Southern making an investment in that space and in, and in you? To be honest, it, uh, it really touched my heart that, you know, we have the Eagle Collective NIL coming because, like, not only does it help me, but it helps my family. 
Mm. And not only does it help my family, it helps my teammates' families as well. So it's like a great thing to have as well. Like with other NILs, like, I mean, it's just a great start to be able to have the money to take care of not only me, but as I said, my family. So it's just a great thing. Now, what does that NIL space look like for you personally? Are there any deals in the works? I know you've signed with the Eagle Nation Collective. Yeah, I, I am uh, talking to some people, but like until the paper's signed, I don't really want to disclose it right yeah, now. Yeah, I understand but, that. But I will like when it comes out. Well, just know Caleb Hood open for business uh, in the NIL space. Caleb, last question for you. Obviously, you get talked to a lot about your game on the field. Uh, we like to get to know you guys off the field a little bit. So. When you're not playing football, what are some ways that you like to relax? What does your life look like away from the football field? Oh, uh, man, away from football, to be honest with you, I'm really chilling. Like, I like to be with the guys. Like, I really like to be with all my brothers, to be honest with you, and my sisters. Like, I like to be with my family. So, like, if I'm not playing ball, I'm either talking to my little brother on the phone or with the guys playing the game, like I was just doing with Mar. Yeah. I was going to give it to him, Maddie. He didn't want to say it, though. But if I'm not doing that, though, I probably, like, just chill, like, and just write poems, you know, like poetry. Okay. You know, and just like, just talk to myself and like just try to do some different stuff. Yeah, just try to relax there. Mm -hmm. I, I lied, that won't be the last question. <laughs> uh, when we talk video games, what's the go-to video game? Oh man. Right now for me, it gotta be Warzone. Okay. It gotta be Warzone. You like some of those, yeah. and then maybe get some sport video games yeah, in every once in a while. Go, then you gotta play with your teammates and play Madden 2K. Just let them boys know like, I'm that, still that guy. Oh, you're that guy, yeah, there I'm you go. Guy well, in that Madden. Well, Caleb, I appreciate you taking some time to join us on the Ferguson Smith Podcast today. I certainly wish you and your uh, team best of luck the rest of the year. Appreciate you. Joined by Troy, cornerback, Reddy Stewart, one of the best in the conference by far. No media days coming to a close, but how have you been enjoying your time? I've been enjoying it. Um, just getting the experience and uh, warming up with the talking and all the questions I've been getting. I've been enjoying it. For sure. And you had a fantastic season last year. I mean, you helped lead this team to a championship. I've been locked down on the outside. I mean, you had a great individual season as far as all conference goes. You end the season lifting a bowl trophy and a conference championship trophy. How do you and your team keep yourselves motivated now heading into this year and avoid being complacent? Um, just focusing every day. Like, uh, like Coach Summerall says all the time, like, take it day by day and every day it's going to fall in place. Just keep working. Keep that same mentality, you know. Um, you know, they had us at the bottom of the pole last year and we used that motivation. So, I feel like that's still in the back of our head and we can just use that every day, just coming out working hard and being who we are, keeping our true identity. And I know your brother was a part of this team last year. It was really cool watching y'all both celebrate that championship together. What was it like having that moment together and really just sharing, being at that kind of high level of football together and kind of making it from being little ones to growing up? Yeah, um, well, honestly, it's my first time playing with him, like, um, organized sports, like, within football. So just um, winning a championship with him, that was, like, the most fun I ever had playing football. Just because I feel like a kid again, like we were in the backyard playing. We're only three years apart, so we do everything together anyway. So that's probably the most fun I had playing football. That's awesome. And we know what you look like when you're breaking up passes and locking things up on the outside with how it looks watching it. But what's that like mentally, I guess, for you? I feel like the part of the cornerback position that's underrated is the confidence it takes to kind of own yeah. that island and own that space. Could you walk us through maybe what it looks like mentally for you kind of being confident and playing in yourself and getting that zone? Um, I feel like anytime, like as a cornerback, anytime you step out down to feel like you got to have that mentality you're not going to lose any rep because as soon as you, you know, get down in your head, like, you're going to get bombed, honestly. And, you know, everybody in the stands sees, you know, when a cornerback get bombs, but they don't see, like, you know, if a D lineman messes up. So you just have to have that confidence just going out there, believing in yourself and believing in the work that you put in. So you just got to have that definitely gets Definitely gets lonely on that island, yeah. but you've definitely been owning it. 
obviously been hearing this all day. I'm sure you lose a lot of talent on the defense side of the ball, but more importantly maybe is the leadership of guys like Carlton Marshall and those guys. How have you, what have you learned, I guess, from those guys, and how are you kind of translating that into being a leader more this season? Um, I feel like a few things I learned from Carlton, just like how do, he, how do you approach the week and how do you approach the game? Like, you have to come out um, locked in with that mentality every week because, like, now I'm a leader just like he was last year. So all the younger guys and the new guys looking to me to, like, oh, what is Reddy doing? Like, how is Reddy working? Like, you know, what is he doing every day to get better? So I just had to be that example for everybody every day. Sounds like a combination of vocal leadership and leading by example. This offseason, I was breaking down some of your film and just looking at your game. And I think when I watched you, you reminded me of Josh Norman in his prime just as a ability to use his length, yeah. get his hand in there late and break up some balls and be disruptive. Who would you say you remind yourself of and maybe talk us through your game and how it's going to translate maybe to watching you play on Sundays? Um, honestly, me, I watch a lot of Denzel Ward film. Like, we kind of had the same build and the same. I might be a little longer, but I don't know. I haven't seen him in person, but like just his height and his weight and stuff like that. I see how scrappy he is, you know, in the NFL. And I feel like I can translate my game. My game is kind of scrappy just like his and he just he, he doesn't fear down. He doesn't fear anyone. You know, he goes against Jamar Chase and all those guys. Um, and, you know, they, they even say that he's a good corner. So I just watch how he approaches uh, the big-time receivers and how he plays those guys, you know, how he moves and how he uses his um, his abilities. And I kind of put that, try to put that into my game. I definitely see that, too. Maybe we'll see one of those sliding tackles that he had out of you this season. Yeah, but something different. Some, some rapid fire for you real quick. Focusing on pregame before you get into the game. What's your go-to pregame meal? Pre-game meal, well, we usually eat as a team, so we usually have spaghetti or steak or something like that, and I usually get the steak and um, some salad, honestly, and some fruit. Which, if you have one artist that you're listening to pre-game the most, who would you, who would you say you're going with? Um, like, Sunbelt Championship game, like one of the biggest games of the year. I'd probably go NBA Youngboy just to get me hyped up, but like, most of the time I go out and like feel the crowd and see how I'm feeling. I might go slow music, I might go, you know, get something pumped up, so just depend on how I'm feeling that day. You gotta get a little pulse, I feel yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Last thing, do you have any rituals, anything you have to do maybe before every game, before you kind of take the field? Um, I'll say what I do every time is pray, like, you know, just, you know, it's a physical game, anything can happen. So just, you know, putting my trust in God before I step on that field. Good stuff, Reddy. Appreciate you joining us on the yeah. podcast, traveling with us on Media Day, and best of luck to you this season. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Well, we're excited to be joined by James Madison offensive lineman Nick Kidwell. How's your Sunbelt Media Day experience been so far? It's been going. Talked to a lot of people, asked a lot of questions. Yeah, probably a lot of the same questions, uh, right? We're going to try to change that here. I did want to ask, like, you guys went out to dinner last night. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? How would you enjoy the uh, New Orleans culinary scene? It was good. I got a crab cake. Shrimp Alfredo. Okay. That was good. Yeah, that, that does sound good to me. Uh, you know, the, one of the things, and this is certainly a question you've been asked before, but you guys are voted preseason favorites. Yeah. When that news comes out, what was the general feeling like in that locker room? Um, just show respect. Showing respect. I mean, last year we came in as the underdog. No one really believed in us. Now, through last year we showed the conference what we got, and now we got to hold the standard up. And, keep the reputation up. Yeah, you guys certainly proved your point uh, in the conference last year. Now, looking specifically at the offensive line, you guys are bringing back everyone. I mean, that's a, and that was a great unit last year. Uh, you guys kind of paved the way for just that fantastic rushing attack. When you look at that unit this season, where is an area that you, like, you guys can still get better? Um, let's see. Probably overall communication. Make sure we're all on the same page because we have a bunch of different we like a bunch of different motions, fly motions, run action fakes. I mean, just make sure we're all on the same page every play. 
and make sure everyone knows the ID, the double team calls, and just communication in general. Yeah, just continuing to grow together, yeah. more cohesive as mm-hmm. a unit. Uh, when you look at uh, your quarterback position, obviously Todd Santeo is gone. He was electric last season, mm-hmm. uh, but you've got a front row seat to kind of this quarterback battle that we're seeing now play out into the fall. From your perspective, how's that been going? And just give us an update on that. Um, I mean, I like all four of our guys. I feel like they're really talented, really athletic, and I feel like if the offensive line does their job, we can take fresh off the shoulder if we go with a younger guy mm-hmm. or if we go with an older guy. Um, if they don't think about getting hit, what if I do if they get hit here? We can just let them do what I have to do on the outside in the perimeter and yeah. Yeah, just keep uh, playing some some football right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, going into this season, what are maybe some personal goals for you uh, as you look to improve your game? What are some areas that you're looking to grow in personally? Um, from a technical standpoint, I would say hand placement. Okay. I feel like get my hand placement on that allow me allow me to work my counter moves and uh, whether it's in the pass game or the run game. So yeah, yeah, hand placement. Yeah, well, we know uh, offensive linemen, you guys love to eat. Uh, You guys got to stay, you know, this size to protect your quarterback. Uh, When you guys as a unit go out, like where's the go-to place up in Harrisonburg for the O-line unit for James Madison to head? Golden China. Okay. It's a Chinese restaurant right off 81. All-you-can-eat buffet, Uh, I'm sure. All-you-can-eat buffet every Thursday. You guys, I'm sure you you eat them out of house and home while you're there, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, Nick, we don't get a lot of time to talk to, uh, you know, offensive linemen here. I need you to tell me why on the Ferry and Smith podcast we should have more O-linemen on the show. I mean, we're the biggest guys, arguably the best-looking guys, and... Yeah, we're probably the funniest. Well, I can't funniest deny the best looking yeah, or maybe exactly. the funniest, but uh, Nick, appreciate your time today and uh, thanks for coming on and, and talking some football. Best of luck this season. Thank you. For the second time ever, we have Old Dominion linebacker Jason Henderson on the podcast. How's media days been going for you, Jason? It's pretty good. First time in New Orleans, so I'd say I'm having a pretty good time so far. What's the offseason been like? What have you been up to when you're not running a lot, working out a lot, I'm sure, preparing for the season? What have you been up to? Lately, just been working on some 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 summer school work, and um, you know, just go fishing with the boys a couple times. Um, been trying to go home as much as I can when we get off break, spend some time with the family and my friends and stuff like that. So it's been a pretty decent summer. You come back into this season after leading the nation in tackles. I know when you were in the moment, I'm sure you were laser focused on the task at hand, weren't really thinking much about it. But now that you have time to kind of look back and reflect on it, have you really been able to like appreciate that achievement? And your name's going to be in the record books forever when they look back at that season. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was something that I really wasn't paying attention to too much last year. But um, after the season was over, you know, I, I did sit back and I thought about it for a while. And I'm just grateful for it, you know. But I have to give all the credit to, you know, my teammates and my, um, my coach and stuff because without them, I really wouldn't be able to do anything that I was able to accomplish last year. So I was very grateful for them, grateful for the, uh, you know, things I was able to do and the opportunities I've been presented with. But, um, you know, it's a new season, so I'm looking forward to seeing what me and my team can do this year. I think this was one of the more underrated defenses in the conference. I mean, you look at time of possession, y'all were on the field more than any other team in the entire country. Going into this season, what do you think is going to look different about this defense? You know... Uh, I'm very excited to watch our offense play some football, honestly. And, you know, I really feel like our, our defense is going to be off the field a lot more than we were last year. And um, I just, you know, obviously there's the rankings and whatever there is about our defense, stuff like that. We're underrated. But watching my watching my defense fly around, it's great to see. And, you know, obviously when you're on the field, you get tired, stuff like that. But whatever, that's, that's life, that's football. But our, our team... 
we fly to the football, we swarm the ball, you know. That's probably one of the greatest things about us is nobody quits. You know, everyone trusts each other to do their job and their responsibility. You know, there's not too many people who, you know, think they're the guy on the field that has to make every play. So, you know, people are always just doing their jobs, and, you know, it's a great thing to see. And it's very, it's very exciting going into this next year. Yeah, I definitely think the effort was not the question from that unit. Y'all were definitely swarming to the ball. But you kind of mentioned it. You have a new offense. You have Kevin Decker running this, a new scheme. From going up against that unit, what have you seen from them that might be a lot different from last year? Um, it's just a, I wouldn't say completely new offense, but it, it, they've done a, di a lot of different things that, you know, we don't even see sometimes in the Sun Belt. So it's good to see that because, you know, we do play, you know, non-conference games and stuff. So that's exciting, you know. The way he runs his offense is that it's tremendous. You know, I, I'm very confident in our offense this year. It's probably the best I've seen it since I've been at ODU. And um, I'm just very excited to see what, you know, what our offense and defense can put together. You lose, your you lose your top passer, you lose your top rusher, you lose your top receiver to the transfer portal. They do not lose the top tackler, though. I know you've talked about your loyalty to this program. Why was it so important for you to stay when you probably could have gone to any other school in the nation just based on your production and what you did last year? You know, I just, I love ODU. I mean, the, I mean, I've said it before, the main reason I came to ODU is because of Coach Ronnie and um, his coaching staff. And, you know, you think more, like I've thought more about into it, and, you know, just for how loyal and great they've been to me, it's just as important to me with how great and loyal they've been to my mom. You know, my mom, my mom, she'll sit here and brag about it, but uh, she she thinks that uh, Coach Ronnie's like her best friend. You know, if, I have, if I'm talking to my mom about something, she'll be like, oh, I'll just give him a call and be like, Mom, you know, he, he's a coach, he's got a job to do. And she's like, no, he'll answer me. So, you know, I just, me and my family take pride in how loyal and great they are to me and my family. So, you know, that I just, I've loved playing football at ODU. I don't truly know any defensive coordinator I'd rather play underneath right now. And, you know, playing underneath Coach Tyler has probably been the greatest thing for me being a linebacker. So I didn't see any reason to try and leave that. Definitely love that family aspect. And I know you're obviously an accomplished linebacker. I'm sure you watch a lot of linebackers at the top level. Could you give us maybe your Mount Rushmore, the top four linebackers that you like to watch or maybe you think are some of your favorites? My top two would have to be Ray Lewis and um, Luke Keekley. Um, I don't know who my other two would be. What do you think? I'll, I'll, I'll go with some current guys. Maybe I think Fred Warner from San Francisco okay. 49ers is a good guy. And then I think Roquan Smith has also had a big impact. So that's me and Jason's combined GOAT linebackers, Mount Rushmore linebackers. In your free time when you're maybe chilling, unwinding, watching some television, what are some movies and shows you've been getting into maybe this offseason and watching some stuff? This might sound crazy, but um, it's been out for a while. I just started watching Yellowstone. I'm not going to lie, may or may not have been up till 2 o'clock this morning watching. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why, I just got into it, and it's, it's just been a great show, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the uh, Johnny Manziel stuff coming out soon on Netflix and stuff, so that's probably what I'll be watching. Usually I'm not typically a big TV guy or a video game guy, and usually just hanging out with my friends or usually outside, but like... Sometimes I do get bored, so I'll get, I'll get on my phone and watch some Netflix, stuff like that. Yeah, Yellowstone's definitely one I want to get around to watching, too, eventually. Probably not till 2 o'clock in the morning, thank you, but I definitely will get there it's, eventually. Start binge-watching. It's, 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 it's fun. Definitely some exciting football content coming on Netflix, too, and very excited for you and the team this year. year. Best of luck to you this season, and thanks for joining thank us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Here with Owen Porter, the defensive end for Marshall. Owen, you guys came down yesterday. How's your first media day experience been so far? It's been pretty good. Got to fly down on a really nice plane. Got a, got a nice looking suit. So it's been pretty good so far. Still early in the morning. So I haven't really got to be around very much. But it looks nice. Cool place. Nice hotel. Well, I have to admit, you are the only student athlete that we have seen wearing a hat. And uh, I love the cowboy hat look. 
Uh, Owen, you had a big decision to make this offseason. After that standout season last year, you could have left Marshall, but you decided to stay. What went into that decision uh, to stick around and play for the Thundering Herd for another season? I mean, had a conversation with Coach Huff, had a conversation with my family about it. Um, I just thought it was the right decision to make. Uh, could have got a higher draft stock, staying another year. Um, I put as much work in as possible, so I'm sure – I mean, I'm not sure, but I'm hoping to have as good of a season as I did last year. So. Well, we were certainly excited to hear that yeah. you were uh, coming back. Love watching on that Marshall front. When I look at this Marshall defense, you guys are bringing back three starters from last year, although some great starters. Uh, just as you've watched that defense evolve over the spring, what's it been looking like? Uh, as much as we've lost a bunch of guys, Coach Huff and our coaching staff does a great job of bringing in transfers. Uh, a lot of the guys that we did lose, we've picked up good guys that are, you know, maybe not – just as good just because they don't know the scheme as well just yet but guys that can fly around and, and play ball so we're looking good our team our our defense is rolling uh, we're hoping to have another great season just like we did last year yeah it certainly would be the hope it was fun to watch uh, a season ago let's talk for a moment just about some personal goals we'll get to team goals in a moment but coming back this season what are some goals that you'd like to accomplish maybe some areas of your game that you were looking to improve um personally I mean, obviously the number one goal for me is I mean, if you aren't shooting for the stars, I guess you're not shooting for nothing. But the Nagurski Award and then All-American, those are my, my top two personally outside of, uh, I say it every time, if we win a conference championship and I have zero sacks on the season, I'll be the happiest person in our locker room. So Yeah, absolutely. Bring a championship back to Huntington. Talking about that championship and those aspirations, some have said that this year it's kind of championship or bust for this Marshall team. I know you want to bring a championship to Huntington. What's that feeling been in the locker room? How much is that being talked about? Yeah, I mean, that's our whole goal is to go 1-0 every single day. Like, there is no specific team that we're looking forward to besides Albany. We're just ready to rock and roll against any team we play against. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask, too, you line up against the offensive line. You're going at that group every day in practice. You guys have four starters back on that offensive line. Who are some guys that have impressed you so far this offseason and maybe some guys that you feel like are starting to step up on that offensive line unit? Yeah, of course you got Ozzy, Driscoll, Big Tuck, uh, Trent. Those boys can roll. They have great chemistry whenever it comes out there. Uh, Cam can attest. I tend to try to try to mess with the offensive line, try to mess up their calls. Uh, <laughs> I kind of play a little bit out of position before pre-snap just to make sure those guys are they're on their best and they uh, they can make their reads and and call out cat corners and stuff like that. But they're looking good. They always are. They work out with me and a lot of the older defensive linemen uh, in the weight room, so we're able to kind of bounce back and forth and push off of each other. So uh, some of our younger guys, uh, we picked up a transfer. Lloyd, he's looking really good. Um, just a lot, of our, a lot of our younger guys are starting to come along. They're really picking up on our culture and stuff. So we're rolling. Definitely a, a veteran move there, you know, messing with your, uh, your teammates. Well, let's end with this. Just three rapid-fire questions. We want to take you off the field, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, what is the, the go-to television show that you're watching right now? Uh, right now I'm binge-watching Suits on Netflix. I am too. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of fun. I, yeah. I know I've Harvey Specter and some yeah. of those guys. I've yeah. enjoyed watching that on Netflix lately too. Before games, uh, what, are you, what are you pounding in the headphones? I'm not really a big headphone guy. Okay. Um, is there any music that you're listening to right now? 
Uh, Culture Wall just put out a new album. Okay. I'm probably listening to that right now. Okay. Well, I will, I will trust you on that. Last <laughs> question for you here. Uh, you talked about the mentality of thinking about Albany, that 1-0, but I know you guys have games that you have circled on your schedule. I need an answer here. Is there a game that you're really looking forward to this season? Just Albany. I can't wait for the first one. There we go. Well, Owen, I appreciate you taking some time to talk Thank for you. us today, and I hope the rest of your media days goes well. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Man, Kane, listening to those interviews, it allowed me to relive Media Day, and man, that was a lot of fun. What a great event in New Orleans, and Kane, I don't know about you, but I'm already looking forward to the start of the Sun Belt football season. Oh man, the season's getting closer. You could tell the players are feeling it, you could tell the coaches were feeling it in Media Days, and I can almost feel it again listening back. So I feel like there's a lot of excitement heading into the season, and it was expressed through the players, through the coaches, and I think it's going to just keep getting expressed through us through this podcast as we ramp up for what should be very, very exciting season for the conference. Hey, could be one of the more exciting seasons in conference history. Well, that will do it for another exciting episode of the Freire and Smith podcast. Again, we'd like to say a special thank you to all the Sunbelt's athletes for joining us on today's episode. We'd also like to say a thank you to the league's talented communication staff, as well as the Sunbelt conference staff for hosting such a great event. Before you go, here's a quick reminder. We'll be staying on our three episode per week rotation as we move forward Monday. We'll be welcoming the first of all 14 Sunbelt football coaches to the Freire and Smith podcast. It's the only podcast out there where you're going to get that kind of access. So make sure you join us for that interview with Sunbelt champion, the head coach of the Troy Trojans, John Summerall, on Monday. One final thing, if you enjoyed today's episode, here's all we ask. Share this podcast with at least one of your friends. It really helps us to continue growing the show. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Freire. Have a great Friday, everyone. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon.